honor you. We praise you for you are our God, Lord. And you continue to be our wonderful, mighty God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now let's give praise to God if his presence is heaven to you. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Is his presence really heaven to you? If his presence will really happen to you, stand up on your feet right now and just begin to declare his goodness and just begin to declare his mercy. Hallelujah. Oh, your presence, Lord, is heaven to me. Yeah. It's nothing like your presence. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you this morning, God. We give you praise because we cannot do anything without your presence. That is your anointing. That's the tangible presence of the Lord. And we ask for the anointing of God even now. As you have already been flowing and moving throughout this worship experience this morning, we ask that even now as we will break the bread of life, that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. Father, we know that as the faces differ in this household, does the need this morning, Lord. And so we're asking that you would speak a rhema word, a right now word, into our situation, into our circumstance, into the issues that we're facing, into the questions that we need answers to, into the encouragement that we need in our hearts this morning, to the direction that we're seeking from you. So, Spirit of the living God, we ask that you will fall fresh in this house even now. And that you would speak words of life, words of transformation, and words of deliverance. So, Father, we won't fail to give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask all these things. Somebody say amen. Amen. Grab your Bible before you have a seat. We're going to read the word of God quickly. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to read verse 16 and 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. Hallelujah. And when you have it, say amen. 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 This morning I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. So it might read just a little bit differently from what you have. Amen. We all have the word. Amen. Can we all stand for the ring of God's word? Amen. Here we go. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and new life has begun. Let me read that again. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Therefore, the old life is gone and a new life has begun. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to share with you briefly from the subject title, New from Old. New 
from old. We just read the scriptures from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. Actually, this scripture is very uh, special to me because one of the first scriptures that I learned when I, when I came to faith was 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And I learned the King James Version that says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And this scripture was basically just signifying that when you accept Jesus Christ in your life, your life changes. You are brand new. All the old things that you used to do, the old nicknames that they knew you as, the things that you used to, people used to run with, the things that you used to hang out with, and all the different things that you used to do, you don't do anymore because Christ has made you new. And so what I want to share with us today is that sometimes as Christians, amen, we struggle with being new. Now, the scripture says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So that means if you've been saved 20 plus years, you are still a new creature. I know when you buy your car and you got that fresh new smell in it, you smell that vinyl, you smell that leather. It's like, woo, it smells so good. But then after a week of driving that car off the lot, it don't smell new anymore. I mean, it got so bad that they have sprays that, that's called new car smell because people want to capture that new car smell every time they open up their door, but it grows old over time. But in the spirit, when you receive Christ into your life, you are still a new creature. You don't get old. You are new, brand spanking new. And so I want to teach you today and share with you today how come many of us, we don't, why, why don't we not walk in the new things that God is calling us to do? If God is calling us to a new life, what prevents us from walking in that new life that he has for us? Sometimes as Christians, we have different issues and different things that we go through in our lives before we come to Christ. And then once we come to Christ, yeah, we might stop doing certain things, but yet there's still struggles. There's still issues. There's still problems that we deal with. And so I want to speak to you today how to go from new, how to, how to go from new um, from, from old to new this morning. Can I do that with you this morning? Amen. It won't be before you long. Amen. So sometimes we ask the question as Christians, okay, I come to Christ, I receive him in my life, how come I don't feel new? I don't feel new. There's some mornings when I wake up, I don't feel saved. I don't feel like a Christian. I don't know what a Christian is supposed to feel like, but I don't feel it. And I think so many times as Christians, we allow ourselves to get taken captive by our feelings. And our feelings lead us astray. Of course, we say things in Christendom. We have our little Christian language. You know, I feel in my spirit. I feel led of the Lord. I, I feel this. And sometimes we could be feeling the wrong stuff. Maybe you're feeling gas or something. Maybe it's not the Lord. <laughs> You have to be careful. Everybody say, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. No, no, no. You're feeling too much. You need to sit down and stop feeling. <laughs> Hallelujah. I call them spooky spirituals. Every time you sit, they want to give you a word. They want to, I feel. They want to give you a little side door prophecy. I feel you need to sit down in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. But when we come to Christ, we, 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 we wonder why we don't feel new. We, we look for the emotions. You know, there's some people who get saved. Amen. They receive Christ and say, man, I don't smoke no more. I don't drink no more. I don't do God just delivered me. And everything is just free. I'm healed. And, and, and that's wonderful. But there are many of those who don't feel that. 
And we make those people feel like they're really not saved because they don't have those feelings of what a Christian is supposed to be. I'm here to tell you, there is no feeling of salvation. There's some Sundays I'm the pastor, I don't feel like going to church. But if I go by my feelings, I'll be in trouble. But if I go by my faith because I know what I need to do, then I do it. Because if you get, if you get so stuck up on your feelings, your feelings will get you in trouble. If you, if you did everything you feel, some of you wouldn't even be married right now. If you did everything you feel, some of you want to have a roof over your head right now because you didn't feel to spend on your money. Come on now. And some of you go by your feelings, you would say the wrong stuff and get yourself in a whole lot of trouble. We cannot go by our feelings. I heard someone say once, God is not moved by your feelings. He is moved by your faith. Amen. You can say, Lord, I feel so afraid. Lord, I feel this. Lord, I feel that. God is not moved by that. There's only one thing that gets God's attention, and that is your faith. That's why many times he rebuked the disciples. He said, oh, you of little faith. He said, have you lost your faith? So many times he challenged them because Jesus knew that the key to God's miracles and God's blessing was faith. Amen. And so we cannot get so stuck on our feelings. Sometimes we feel guilty of things that we've done in the past. Sometimes we feel like we're not good enough. Sometimes we feel unworthy. Sometimes we are just inundated with negative thoughts and and bad habits and a poor self-image of who we are. Sometimes we victimize ourselves. Some of us can't even look in the mirror and really enjoy the creation that God made in us. We can't look in the mirror and say, boy, you got it going on. When I got dressed this morning, I said, I said look, look what the Lord has done. <laughs> See, I thought I was singing. I was singing that for me. <laughs> Because I remember a time. Come on now. You have to look. See, see something you can't even get with that because you're not even there. Sometimes you get, come on. When the last time you looked in the mirror and loved what you saw? Every curve, every stretch mark, every jelly roll, everything. Love yourself. You put it there. Love yourself. Praise the Lord. And if you don't like what you see, do something about it. Why is it quiet in here this morning? It's all right. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can't get caught up in your feelings. Your feelings will lead you astray. That's why many Christians suffer with depression. Amen. We wake up in the morning. We don't feel like getting out of bed. We don't feel like doing that. We just want to walk around the house the whole day. Don't sit in our pajamas. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Depression. Because we go by what we feel. And our feelings will lead us astray. But in Christ, he has made you new. When you accept Christ, you are a new creature. You are a new creation. You don't have to do things the way you used to do them. And when Christ comes into your heart, he gives you the power from his Holy Spirit to live life and to do life a different way. That's why Christ said, he said, I come that you, have, that you might have life and have life more abundantly. Many of us will have life, but we don't have the abundant life that God wants for us. I was telling Pastor God, I said, I'm thinking about doing a teaching series on the abundant life. What does the abundant life look like in Christ? Because if we will line up our lives to what Christ has said we should be living, many of us are falling low, myself included. There are greater things and greater opportunities and greater experiences that God has for us. But because we get so caught up on the old and don't walk into the new, we can't experience the fullness of what God has for us.
Now, there are three different things um, that cause us from not walking into the newness that God has for us. Some of you have said the sin of prayer 20 times and you're still stuck in sin. I'm going to tell you why this morning. Some of you, Lord, deliver me. Take the taste out my mouth. Take the craving away. Take the the urge away. And you're still falling. You're still slipping. I'm going to tell you why this morning. There are three different things that I want to talk about this morning. The reason why we don't feel new. Number one is our, our history. Our history. Our history. The things that we did. Sometimes we don't experience the newness of Christ or we don't walk into the newness of Christ because of the things that we did in our past. You don't know what I did, Pastor, but God does. You don't know, you, you, you don't know the things that I, I, I said. You don't know the places that I, I, I've been, but God does. And if God can show you grace and mercy, I dare me cannot show you grace and mercy. Amen? Amen. If this is a place of grace, no matter who walks in this door, we should show God's love to that person, uh, to that family. Amen? Amen? This should not be a place of judgment where legalist, legalistic Christians are here finding they nose upon people who walk in the door. Amen? amen. If we tell the people come as they are, amen, the church is a hospital. That means you will come broken. You will become, you will come um, broken down and, and, and heartbroken. You will come in times of discouragement. This is the place where you're supposed to be. Right. Not at the bar drinking it away or smoking it away. Right. Put the weed down. Come to Christ. Right. Get a high in the spirits or the high in the flesh. Right. They don't last no long anyway. Right. Amen. 12 hours later, you're ready for another they hit but with Jesus you come on now you come to church every week a, hit, a high will last you the whole week come on you want to hit come Thursday night come on I got a hit for you I got something that will blow your veins out your arm but we get so caught up on our history the things that we have done another thing we get so caught up on our hurts our hurts the things that people did to us the things that we have experienced, maybe we were younger, or the things, the rejection, the, 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 the backstabbing, the, 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 the times of abandonment, the times that we felt no one was there. The reason that we can't walk into the newness that Christ has given us through his son Jesus is because we are so focused on our hurts. We have a woe is me mentality. And we just love to be miserable. And we want everybody to be miserable with us. And we play victim. And we, and, and we constantly say the same thing. Well, you know, I didn't have a father growing up. I didn't have a father either. Like, when are we going to get over that song in there? Well, you know, my mama left me. My... Okay, yes, it's real. It's hurts. But God has more for you. He has more for you. You can move past your hurts. Another thing that we deal with while we don't feel new or we don't experience the newness that God has for us is our habits. It's the things that we continue to do. It's what, 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 what the apostle called besetting sins. It's the things that keep tripping you up every now and then. It's the things that you really don't want to let go of, but you know you should let go of, but you keep doing it anyhow. It's the very thing that the apostle Paul talked about in Romans 7. He said the things that I know I should do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I still wind up doing it anyway because there's a struggle happening on the inside of me. So we get caught up in our 
habits. And so the things that we struggle with, the things that we try to overcome, the things that we constantly pray about, and yet we still have these problems that are happening in our lives. Now, the key is your feelings are legitimate, but they are not facts. Someone tweet that. Your feelings are legitimate, but they're not facts. Feelings are real. When you when you when you're focused on what you did and, and, and you're focused on hurts and you're struggling with habits, your feelings are real. They are legitimate. Amen. We're not going to make 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 believe that there's some figment of your imagining. No, feelings are real. Yeah. When someone hurts you, you ready to launch back. When someone says something, you ready to come on, let's go, let's do this thing. They're real, but they are not facts. Feelings are like the waves of the ocean. They come in and they go out. They rise up and they go down. Come on now. Married couples, you know what I'm talking about. When you first get married, the feelings are there. Woo! And then after quite some time, everything gets beginning. And so you have to help build the way to keep it going. Get the older married people say amen. amen. Oh, y'all don't act till too saved in here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But the thing is, we allow our feelings to dictate us, but they are not facts. They are not facts. Amen. Our feelings are not the things that move God, but our faith is of everything that moves God. Amen. I want to share with you three things. I'm going to get out of your way about how are we truly made new in Christ? Now, for some of you who've been walking with the Lord for a number of years, you might say, Pastor, that's simple. I heard that before. But the truth of the matter is, many Christians, we trip over the simple things of our faith. It's not the deep, deep things of the faith of the Spirit. It's the very simple things. Some of us don't pray every day. The simple things. When the last time you fasted? The simple things. When the last time you led somebody to the Lord? Jesus' final words before he left the earth was go and make disciples. When was the last time you led someone to the Lord? It is so quiet in here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope you're listening this morning. Because God wants us to experience the newness that he has for us. There are depths in Christ that we have yet to experience because we're still holding on to the old. We're holding on. You can't hold on to the old and want the new at the same time. It will be a tug of war and you'll be stuck in the middle. And some of us are stuck this morning. And God has more for you, but you have to let go of your past. You have to let it go. Some of you got to cut some relationships off. Amen. Praise the Lord. I have one brother who said, man, I just lost all my cell numbers. My phone got restarted and I don't know all my old friends and stuff like that. I said, God allowed that to happen because some people you don't need to call no more. I said, don't go out there. Just let it go. Let it slide. Amen. Sometimes you got to pray, Lord, who are the people you want in my life? And everybody you don't want in my life, cut the cords right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Because everybody is not for your good. Amen. I don't, care if you, I don't care if you knew them back from high school and, and, and elementary school. They might not be for your good. Amen. Sometimes people just hang around you because they just nosy. Uh-huh. They want to size you up and say, oh, if he could do that, well, I could do that better. And she can do that. I could do that better. You got to be careful. And sometimes saints could do the same thing too. Amen. Everybody go to church at a saint. Amen. There's some ain'ts out there too. <laughs> There's some saints and ain'ts. Amen. Satan comes to church too. Amen. That's why we got to bind them up and kick them out. Amen. 
So the first point I want to leave with you this morning is how are we made new in Christ? Number one, we are forgiven from our past. We are forgiven. Sounds simple. We are forgiven from our past. Ephesians 1.7 said, In Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Sometimes I think we, we make God's grace look cheap. We cheapen the grace of God. We cheapen God's forgiveness. I run to Christians. I say, what are you doing? Oh, you know, I went to the club last night. I was, you know, I was doing what I got to do. I said, but you got, you, you, you in the choir. You, you got church in the morning. Well, I just asked the Lord to forgive me. I just asked him to forgive me. He's a forgiving God, right? He's going to forgive me, right? And we make the gift that God gives us cheap. We walk all over it. Now, if that was you being hurt by somebody, see, sin offends the presence of God. You're in a relationship with God. Amen. God is not the genie and you just, he just gives you what you need. You're in a relationship. If someone offends you by action or a deed, you would get hurt. I could have gone out on my wife and said, well, she'll just forgive me because she's supposed to do that anyway. <laughs> there will be no Shadwick household Pastor Arthur will be laying in a casket somewhere <laughs> the fear of a mad black woman let me stop and all the black women say amen and all the women say amen it's beyond color <laughs> praise the Lord so we do the same thing with God sometimes we say oh he'll just forgive me that's my father. He'll, 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 he'll just forgive me. But we don't truly understand the price of the forgiveness that he gives us. We have to make sure as Christians we don't cheapen the grace. We don't go out and do the things that we know we're not supposed to do. And then come to God and say, well, Lord, forgive me. You know I didn't mean to. No, you did mean to. You did need to do it. So we just have to be careful as believers that we do not allow ourselves to cheapen the gift that God has given us. We are forgiven for our past. We are forgiven from it. We're forgiven for the actions, for the deeds, for, for the things that we have done, for the things that have happened to us and the things that we have done to others. Sometimes we live with regrets. We live with pain. We live with things from our childhood. We live with issues and, and different things and if you dwell on those things you would never have peace if you dwell on those things from the past you will never have joy you will never feel like you're able to move forward because you're still dwelling on the past now here's the thing there are two things that we can experience as Christians it's either conviction or guilt conviction comes from the Holy Spirit because conviction challenges you to change uh-huh how many of you have been in church and you've sat on the word or you've been in worship and you have felt the convicting power of the Holy Spirit? You feel God convicting you that you need to change something, something that's not right in your life and he's putting his finger on it and he wants you to deal with that very thing. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit because he's causing you to change what's happening in your life. But there's another thing called guilt. And guilt is the very thing that the devil brings to you. And it comes in an accusatory fashion and manner. It says, look what you did. 
You call yourself a Christian? If the pastor, you, you know what's going to happen. And the enemy just begins to just rail you with all of these thoughts of condemnation, all of these thoughts of fear, and it causes you to isolate yourself and not experience the grace and the mercy of God. This is the very thing that I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about us fully receiving the forgiveness that God gives us. Not that we could keep on doing the same thing over and over again, but we could be free from the things of our past. Christ has forgiven us from our past. So we have to receive that forgiveness in our life this morning. I don't care how bad it looked. I don't care what you did. There is still grace for you. The Bible says when sin abounded, did grace much more abound. We look at um, Las Vegas, Nevada, and they call it what? Sin City? But when God looks at Las Vegas, Nevada, he calls it Grace City. Because with sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Amen. Where there's a whole bunch of wickedness, God's grace is right there waiting to be received. So he can kill, he can restore, he can deliver. It's not by our good works. It's not by the things that we've done. Sometimes we're so guilty, we do things out of guilt. We kill ourselves, we slave ourselves to try to fix it, to try to make it right. There's nothing you can do to fix it or make it right. You need God to do it. You need God to intervene. You need God to show you. But you've got to receive his forgiveness. And when you can receive his forgiveness, then you can forgive yourself. Because sometimes we receive the forgiveness of God, but then we don't forgive ourselves. And we hold ourselves captive, but we, 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 we give ourselves a mark that we can't even reach, a standard that we can't even live by. I told you last week, sometimes you carry stuff that does not belong to you. You have to give it to the Father. So God has forgiven you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You don't have to live in condemnation. You don't have to live with the past on your mind. So what you messed up? So what? So what? So what you had a baby out of wedlock? So what that happened? So what this happened? And we just keep going on and on. We feel that we're not worthy. And sad to say, sometimes in the church, we feel that way as well. When someone stumbles in the church, they feel, well, well, I'm not qualified for ministry anymore. Who told you that? Sometimes we allow people and their opinions and their looks at us and their attitudes at us to stop us from moving forward in our faith. But the devil is a liar. And let that never be said here at the Gathering Church. If we're a place of grace, we need to show God's grace. All right, man, we can't show act like we've been saved all of our lives. If God were to pull back the covers on us all, we'll all run for the door. If God would expose all your stuff that you did. Amen. Eyeballs would fall on the floor. Mouths would drop wide from the pulpit on down. Amen. So let's never forget what God has done for us. Let's never forget his mercy. Let's not cheapen the grace that he has given us. It is precious. And we should treat it as such. If you're going to walk in the newness and let go of the old, you have to experience God's forgiveness from your past. Number two, we are healed from our hurts. 
We are healed from our hurts. The Bible says in Isaiah 61 verse 1, the Lord has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness for the prisoners. We're talking about Jesus Christ here. He, we are healed from our hurts. And now our hurts are not just emotional hurts. It's not just physical hurts, but it's anywhere you hurt. He has healed you from your hurts. It's hurts from loved ones. It's hurts, amen, that you experience throughout your life. Hurts in your body. The Bible says, by his stripes you were healed. That does not just mean a physical healing. That means a holistic healing. It talks about the shalom of God, the peace of God. That means nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. God wants to live in a wants us to live in a place where nothing is missing and nothing is broken. If you're constantly in a broken situation, maybe you need to appropriate the healing that God has given you on the cross of Calvary. Why do you think we take communion every first Sunday? It's not for form and fashion. So the elders can get up from the church and say, look who, who we are. No, it's a proclamation of the Lord's death until he comes. It's a remembrance of healing. It's a remembrance of our salvation. It's a remembrance of our deliverance. It's a remembrance of our forgiveness. And you have to appropriate that grace in your life today. We are healed from our hurts. We are healed. Now, there's some healing that happens miraculously. Amen. Brother Earl came and he shared a, a, a few months ago. He had an issue with his shoulder. Amen. Brother Earl moved that shoulder around. Praise the Lord. He couldn't, he couldn't do that. Amen. We had a prayer for healing on his altar. I laid hands on him and the Holy Spirit instantly healed his arm. He couldn't put his deodorant under his arm. He was in so much pain. And God healed him instantly. So yes, there will be instant healings. And then some healings are gradual. But you have to go through the process. Don't, don't pick the scab off. You're going you're gonna to stop the healing process. Some of us, we get a little scab. God starts healing something. We're going to go pick it off. It's itching. i got to get this off. i got to get this off. No, leave it. Let it heal. Stop tampering with it. Praise the Lord. We have to let it go and allow God to do it in our lives. There's some places that we, there's some places that we, that we are hurting. We allow the Lord to heal it. Because many times these hurts come, amen, as an attack of the enemy. And the enemy will try to use these hurts against us. Especially relational hurts. Amen, sisters. Amen, brothers. Amen, things from the past. Amen, sometimes we have parental hurts. Amen, and sometimes parents, we have hurts from our children. Come on now. Amen. We have all sorts of things. Mouth to hurts, everything. Amen. Hurts on our job. They don't recognize us. We, we're working hard and we're doing all the right things, but yet we still don't advance. We still don't grow. All sorts of hurts. Amen. Internal and external. And sometimes what the enemy will try to do is use these hurts against us to cause us to stay in a place where we're wounded and not experiencing God's healing grace. But what the devil meant for bad, for evil, God could turn around for his good. You can receive God as your healer today. He is a healer of the broken hearted. He is a healer who can set the captives free. He is a healer who can take your life and turn you around. He can take your testing right now and make it into a testimony. Oh yes, he can. That's what we were singing earlier. Look what the Lord has done. I wasn't trying to be prideful. Look at me. Look at you. But but you are a testimony. I am a testimony. 
Amen. We are witnesses. Yes. That's, what, that's why the Holy Spirit has come upon us, the Bible says. Yes. Acts 1 said the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon you to make you a witness. A witness to what? You're a witness to God's goodness. Yes. You're a witness to God's grace. You're a witness to his healing. Yes. And the reason that we don't see people get saved or people in the church because we don't witness. Yes. A witness has to take the stand and testify. Yes. If you just sit there in the back somewhere, you ain't a true witness. Yes. A witness has to open up their mouth to testify what they just behold yes. and beheld. Yes. And if you're not opening up your mouth, if you're not testifying, if you're not being a, a witness, then what good are you? Yes. We're not just saved to just fill the church and come every Sunday and just be religious. We're saved because we're called to testify of his goodness. Who have you testified to lately about God's goodness? I know we say cliches like God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And we say the thing, but when the last time you testified about God's goodness? The way you got saved because someone testified to you about his goodness, about his forgiveness, about his saving grace. When was the last time you shared your faith with somebody? It's time. God wants us to receive that healing so we can share that healing with others. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 3 to 5 says, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles. See, we're not by ourselves today. If you're suffering and, and you feel by yourself, it's because you have not received that healing. You have access to it. You just have to tap into it by faith. You are not by yourself. You are not by yourself. I don't care if you live, you are not by yourself. Amen? Amen? You got the Holy Ghost in you. You got the Father around you. You got angels around you. You got the blood of you. You ain't by yourself. You pack and you don't even know it. Yeah. Every time you walk, demons are backing up. You don't even see them back up in the spirit because you got so much power around you. You busy moping around, acting like you defeated. The devil is a liar. Hey. You better open up your eyes and see the goodness of the Lord. Yeah. You are a witness for him. Yeah. Still saying broken and healing, you better heal yourself in Jesus' name. God, that power inside of you. Yes. Say, Holy Spirit, arise in me. Yes. Give me the healer. Give me the courage. Give me the strength that I need so I can continue to do what you called me to do. Yes. Come on now. We all have to pray those prayers and ask God to help us. And the last thing I want to share with you this morning is we are freed from our habits. We are freed from our habits. Now, sometimes as Christians, you know, we have these what, what I call pet sins. Pet sins are little things that we trip up to every now and then. But, you know, it's not really a big issue in our lives. It's not like we are doing it on a regular basis. You know, I'll give you an example. Some of us have a little cussing problem. You know, so when you get upset, when somebody cut you off, even though you might not always say out of your mouth, but the thoughts in your mind are saying something different. Glory, hallelujah is not coming up in your spirit at that moment. Because there is a besetting sin that deals with cussing. The Bible calls it corrupt communication. 
So we have to be careful with those things. So, uh, a besetting sin could be every now and then, brothers or sisters, these days, we, we find ourselves on the internet and we're reading our emails. Then all of a sudden, all this spam pops up and photos and, and pictures. And we just, well, let me just go for a quick look, click. Let me just, well, oh, let me just see this click. I got to pull up my credit card now. Okay, let me just, and, and, and every few months, you keep slipping back into that thing. That's a besetting sin. God is not glorified in that. Amen. Amen? The, these are the issues. Sometimes we, we allow ourselves to listen to what other people tell us and it, and it tell spins us into a world of depression and we know we shouldn't have listened to that person anyway. Besetting sins because we're seeking the counsel of man more than we're seeking the counsel of God. Some of us, we're quick to tell everybody, oh, this is what's happening, this is what's going on. And everybody's giving us 20 different advices. We're going 20 different ways in our head. Why not just consult the Lord? See, what, why, why do we wait and make prayer the last resort? When something goes wrong, go to God in prayer. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. God is calling us today to be free from our habits. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 21 to 24. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Now throw off your old sinful nature. Amen. That means when you come to Christ, your name has changed. You're not Tyrone anymore. No offense to Tyrone. You're not Tyrone anymore. Amen. You're not a dog anymore. Amen. You don't have to answer the cat calls lady anymore. Amen. You don't even have to dress the same way to try to get a brother's attention. Amen. What happened to modesty in the house of God? Amen. I shouldn't have to see Badunka Duke walking all around me. Come on now. Why we got? Why we got? Why the men got to cover their eyes when people come around for the offering? Couple, I'm not saying that's in this church, but I'm saying that happens in the church because we're so insecure about ourselves. We feel we have to dress a certain way to get a person's attention. The devil is a liar. Flesh was fleeting. It might feel good for one moment, but what's on the inside is what counts the most. Because when you get married, the physical is the first thing that goes out the door. Let the married people say amen. amen. Uh-huh. You can have all the sex that you want in the world, but after a while it gets tired, get worn out, and it ain't no substance to you. You have no marriage. Amen. It's quiet in here, but I'm preaching good. I'm going to give my own self an offering this morning. That's all right. I'm going to bless. Let me give myself an offering. <laughs> That's all right. I ain't scared of y'all. But we are freed from our habits. Praise the Lord, baby. Amen. She's free right now. She's just running in her, in her victory. Amen. But we are free from our habits. We are free from the things that we keep getting stuck on. Amen. Some of us have habits. We, we smoke. We, we, we chew. We, we, we gamble. We do all these different things. And all of it is not just sins or, or, or external sins. Sometimes it's heart sins. We got jealousy problems. When God bless somebody else, we, we, we get the green-eyed monster. And what about us? What about me? What about me? That's a sin too. And we allow these habits to control us and we don't walk in the victory that God has for us. That's the reason that we can experience the abundant life that Christ has for us because we're still living in the old. Some of us have a lying problem. We love to exaggerate. That's a sin, you know. How many people we had at church? Oh, we had a hundred people at church last Sunday. The devil is alive. I'm prophesying. I'm believing the Lord for that. Come 
on there. There'll be a day we'll be, what, the prophets of a thousand members one day. I'm believing God for that. And we speak that. But that also means we have to partner with God to see that happen too. It's not just wishful thinking. See, that's why some of us are broke and stuff like that because we just have wishful thinking but we ain't willing to work and do nothing about it. There's something that we have to do. We have to partner with God. But we are freed from all of these habits, all of these things that try to control us. But we have to appropriate God's grace into our life. Colossians 3, 9 and 10, and I'm closing. Don't lie to each other, for you have been stripped off of your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature. Be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. How do you learn to, to know your creator? You come to church. You get in Bible study. You come to connection group. You come to all of the things. Amen. That will help you to nurture your faith in Christ. That's what you need to do to grow in your faith. Amen. 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 I want us today to understand that God wants to do a new thing in us. He wants us to experience his grace. He wants us to experience his goodness. He said, I'm doing a new thing. He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. God is doing something new. And it's our responsibility to tap into it. It's our responsibility to move forward. It's our responsibility to let go of the past. I was in prayer yesterday with Pastor Alverna. We came back from the Hackensack Street Festival. We were putting all of the supplies away from the street festival. And I was sitting in the back of the sanctuary. And all of a sudden, we just broke out and had a, 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 a prayer meeting. Amen. That happens from time to time. We were walking around, just praying, just interceding. And I just heard in my spirit, new wineskins. New wineskins. I'm like, okay, Lord, what does that, that mean? I said, where's that scripture found? I, I know it's in the word of God. And I found it in the book of Matthew. And the scripture says in Matthew 9, 16 to 17, it says, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth to an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do you pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst and the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. A wineskin is something that's made, amen, from, 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 from um, goat skin. And what would happen is they will pit unfermented grape juice inside of the wineskin. And then over time, the wineskin will begin to ferment and the bag will begin to expand because of all the gases that are being released. And so Jesus is saying that you cannot pit new wine into an old wineskin because the already expanded wineskin is going to explode. It's going to burst. So you pit new wine into a new wineskin. But the picture that Christ was saying to um, Jerusalem and, and, and to the people of his time, to the Jews at that time, he was saying that I am doing something new. And I know you're trying to put the old with the new, but they cannot mix together. I need you to get a new wine skin that I can pour this new wine into. Wine is also symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When he says, I'm doing a new thing, if you keep reading that scripture in Isaiah, he talks about new wine. And God was just 
speaking to my heart yesterday that he wants to pour new wine on the gathering church. He wants to pour new wine on us. The old stuff is stale. We thank God for it. It was good in the, in the beginning of the year. It was good in March. It was good in April. Amen. August was miracle month. Amen. In September, it gets overflowed. But now we're about to go into the month of October. He wants to give us new wine for a new wine skin. But the thing is, some of us have old wine skins this morning. That's the past. That's the old stuff. That's the old way. But God wants to do something new today. He wants to do something new today. Some of you, I talked about prayer, and nothing even jumped in your spirit because you're living in the old wine skin. You're living in the old, but God wants to give you a desire for the new wine skin so he can pour new wine in you. He can pour change in you. He can pour freedom in you. He can pour a new way of thinking. Some of us are just stuck in our thoughts. Some of us miss heaven by 18 inches because we think it's all here, but it starts in here. He's calling you this morning. I want every head bowed and every eyes closed. God is calling us to move forward this morning. But he wants it to happen as a church this morning. Not just a chosen few. He's calling all of you to move forward and not go back. He's looking for you to draw the line in the sand this morning and says, you know what? The buck stops here. He says, I am doing a new thing. I want you to move forward. I want you to leave the past behind. I want you to leave the old and embrace the new. But you can't do that if you have not experienced the true forgiveness of Christ. You can't do that if you have experienced the healing for every hurt. You can't do that if you're not free from the habits that constantly trip you up. That's the old wineskin. That's the old way of life. But God has something new in store for you this morning. If you're saying, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. My heart bears witness with what you're saying. I want the new. I want the new thing that God has for me. I have been holding on to the old stuff. But I want the new stuff. I want a new wineskin so God can pour new wine in me. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you just to stand up in your seat this morning. All over this congregation, God is calling out to you this morning. He said, I want to give you new wine. But you have to have a new wine skin. I want you to let go of those old habits. I want you to, to deal with those hurts. Bring those hurts before me. Stop hiding those hurts. You will not be free if you're still wounded. Every time you think about the situation, you feel a sting. There's something that happens to you emotionally. That means you're not fully healed from it. Allow God to heal you this morning. Body, soul, and spirit. And experience the freedom that comes from Christ. From our past. Hallelujah. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare to you, my past is over in you, all things are made new, surrender my life to Christ, I'm moving, moving forward, oh, oh, oh. I'm not going, I'm not going back, I'm moving ahead. I'm here to declare 
this morning we thank you Lord God for your grace and for your mercy father I'm praying for my brother and my sisters this morning that are standing on this altar Lord father you know what they stand in need of Lord Lord I'm praying that you would strengthen them Lord I'm praying that you would help them I'm praying that you would fortify them I'm praying that you reveal yourself to them this morning Lord even those, oh God, who didn't come up, oh God, but who are still standing in the need of prayer. Lord, I come in agreement with them this morning, Father. Father, I'm asking you, oh God, to release them, oh God, from their history. Release them, oh God. I pray they'll not allow people, oh God, to remind them of their past. Especially the devil. Because when the devil reminds them of, his, of our past, we can remind them of his future. That he's going to burn in the lake of fire. He's already a defeated foe. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you that we're forgiven from our past. I thank you that we are healed from our hurts and that we are freed from every habit that does not please you, Lord. So, Father, I'm asking you that you will cover each and every soul in the blood of Jesus. I bind up every stronghold right now. And I lose freedom that comes because of the blood of Jesus. I speak freedom for whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty, Lord. And so we lose that liberty now. We lose that freedom now. We lose that healing now. We lose that wholeness now. We lose forgiveness now. In the name of Jesus. Because when we come to you, we are made new. If a man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So we loose the newness in Jesus' name. Oh God, we bind up those strongholds of those poor thinking habits. Oh God, we curse that in the name of Jesus. Lord God, you said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Help them to renew their mind in the word of God. Help them to change their thinking to thinking that pleases you. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. You said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Lord, you said, if we keep our minds stayed on you, you will keep us in perfect peace, oh God. So we think of those things that are lovely, that appear, that are praiseworthy, oh God. We think of those things, Lord God. Because we know that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Father, we bless you and we praise you for the victory in Jesus' name. Can we praise him for the victory, church? Can we praise him for the new thing? Can we praise him for the new thing? Hallelujah.